Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Why don't we sit for a few minutes? We'll get into the Word. I can't get into this when even though Dan has already said, but honestly, so proud of our Highway team. So, so proud of our highway team from the build up to the carols to the actual day and then beyond. Honestly, we have a remarkable heart and spirit in this church and we want to thank each and every one of you that were part of all of that and uh, we're very grateful to God. The weather was on our side this year and so there wasn't even any wind, which was awesome. And so it was just a magnificent time and the the church was public. The church was out there amongst the community and uh, it was a great honour and privilege to be a part of that in some way, to bring the good news of the gospel uh, out into our community. And there are many stories that are starting to emerge and uh, no doubt you'll hear more of those even in the coming weeks. But right now in this service, we're a week away, can you believe it, this time Next week, we'll be in this room celebrating Christmas Day. So if those of you that have not gone shopping yet, you better get moving. And uh, for those of you that say, already done, I was ready weeks ago, good on you. I've still got to learn how to do that to some degree. I've made some effort this year, so I feel like I'm a little bit ahead. But now, because I bought a few weeks ago, I'm thinking, now, what did I buy? You know, that awful, what did I buy? Some things are wrapped under the tree, and I think, what is that? So uh, anyway, we'll get better at this. I want to talk to you this morning about the cost of love, the cost of love. Who knows that love costs? And uh, at this time of the year, you know, as we've sung this morning, we think about the love of the Father. That, to me, is still overwhelming. All of these decades later, the love of the Father is still overwhelming to me. And uh, for me, that didn't have a fantastic relationship with my biological father. I've had a brilliant relationship with my heavenly father. And so, you know, it's the love of this heavenly father that has shown me what, what real love has been like. And I want to talk to you right now as my eyes fell upon a passage of scripture this week out of the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, 14 verses. But these, these verses begin with this heading and it says... The birth of Jesus foretold. They were foretold. They were told advance in a, ahead of time that Jesus was coming, that a saviour, a redeemer was coming. We've been told ahead of time that he is coming again. We may not have all the details. We may not have the day, the hour, or all the details, but we do know that he is coming again. It was foretold, the birth of Jesus, the exact details, they had to wait and see. And then this moment happens, this profound, profound moment happens in the life of this young woman, this young woman's life that not only would have changed and altered her life forever, but it's changed ours as well. Her life was altered, her family's life, the man that she was engaged to be married to was a man called Joseph. He was swept up in this whole amazing, amazing global story as well. And then this moment arrives where Mary has a visitation. 
I don't know who in this room has ever had a visitation from the Lord, but if you have, you'll never forget it, right? She gets this visitation from this angel called Gabriel, and even if Gabriel had never said a word to her, the mere fact that an angel shows up somewhere at some point in your life, you just don't forget that. But the angel Gabriel does speak, and he comes with a message from God himself. Just pause on that. An angel shows up with a message from God himself. And Gabriel says this in Luke chapter 1, verses 28 through to 33. And it says here that the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with your God, with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never ever end. I mean, these are the words from God himself through, the, through Gabriel the angel. And even if in the most tiniest way, if we could put ourselves into this woman's life for a second, what she's hearing, how this is about to impact upon her life, how these words are about to alter her future, but not just the future of her life, but the future of everyone around her in her limited understanding. But what was it that God saw in this woman, Mary, that he could entrust such a a major, major thing to take place? Number one, the angel says, God is, he calls you highly favoured. You've been chosen. The Lord himself is with you and you will carry not just something great, but you are going to carry someone great. And that someone great, this kingdom will never come to an end. You know, down through history, many have tried to get this kingdom to stop. Down through history, they've tried to burn Bibles, stop the word of God from circulating, chop out prayer out of schools, let's stop prayer in all public places. Burn Bibles, shut down prayer even get rid of those that call themselves Christian. They didn't read this verse, or they didn't believe it, that his kingdom and his reign will never come to an end. And for those of us in this room today that says, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, then you are part of a kingdom that will never come to an end. We might live in a nation that, You know, the percentage of people coming to church right now might be at, you know, whatever level it is. They might try and take prayer out of schools or make the Bible seem like it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter because this kingdom will never come to an end. It just won't. Heaven and earth might pass away, but he said, my words will never, ever pass away. So you and I belong to a kingdom that will never come to an end. And this angel speaks and says, even your family's going to get involved in this story. 
Now, Mary was young. She was just young. Her relative called Elizabeth is old. And I love that because you see the young and the old running together. If ever you thought that there was an expiry date on the kingdom of God working in your life, this scripture just cancels out that mindset right there. Because the young and the old, with what God has put within us, run together. And we need all of that moving together. But these women carried something. And they carried God's plan. It was birthed of the Holy Spirit. And it would bring about a kingdom that would have no end. And I want to say this to you right now, that whether you were Elizabeth or whether you are Mary, you know, they could have been forgiven for feeling a little anxious, a little fearful, a little of, I don't know how all of this is going to work. And no wonder the angel Gabriel comes with such direct words, really, because he says, God is with you. Don't be afraid. This is born of the Holy Spirit. And for a young woman and an old woman, whether you are young or whether you are old, you could have been forgiven for thinking this is too much responsibility. Because it's one thing to carry his plan. It's one thing to see his plan and his will grow and expand and mature And now you see it with your own eyes. Now it's come to fruition. But it's another thing stewarding what God has given to you. It's exciting when something grows. It's exciting when something expands. It's exciting when the Word of God has now become a reality. But now you've got to steward that as well as yourself. The cost is big. Many would not understand what Mary was about to go through. Many would not understand how an old woman like Elizabeth was having a a child. I mean, both were just phenomenal all on their own because the ways of God are costly. The will of God is costly. Doing things God's way is costly. And if ever you, like me, once you turned your life over to Jesus, lost some friends along the way, you'll realize that the will of God, walking with God, cost you some people. Maybe it cost your family. I remember when we, uh, you know, we became born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit. We were baptized in water all in a matter of six weeks. It was like one after the other. And now we were going to church all the time and we went to visit the family in Western Australia and they were not excited. They were so not excited. We had changed. Our lives were on a very different path. We had different priorities. We're now looking for a church to go to on Sunday. They were not excited at all. In fact, one family member erupted completely. Byron lost friends. They didn't want to know him now that he was now reading a Bible instead of something else. They didn't want to know him at all. His whole lifestyle had changed. My family were not excited at all. The will of God will cost you somewhere. It will cost you somewhere. It'll cost us doing life our way with our thoughts and our understanding. But is it worth it? 
You bet. It's worth it all. And you know, some of those people that opposed us, rejected us, criticised us, and one of them in particular, I led to the Lord on her deathbed. I tell you what, at the end it matters. They can carry on as much as they like in between, but at the end, guess who they turn to? They turn to someone who knows Jesus Christ as Lord. They know to someone that can pray. They turn to someone that says, is this God real? Do I need to know him? One of the men that Byron used to work with when he was state manager for a uh, shelving company, you know, very opposed, very, very, very opposed to you know, what Byron believed. And yet when that man got cancer, he rang up Byron and said, I've got to meet this God that you've been walking with all these years. And Byron led that man that persecuted him to the Lord. I tell you, at the end, it matters. You might go through some pain in the, in the, somewhere here, but at the end, it matters. The cost of love A lot of our journey, I believe, in fact, the Bible tells us this. It says, can two walk together unless they are in agreement? Can two walk together? I think think some of the experiences that we go through in life, you know, and we've all questioned those. Why did this happen to me? Why has God permitted this in in my life? Where did this come from? How did we find ourselves here? And I I think sometimes there is this permissive will of God to allow things up to a point. And I think the Holy Spirit uses that. You know that little scripture that says that God works all things together for good? I think that kicks in into some of these places and experiences in our life so that you and I will get to that place of being into agreement with his words And it's no wonder that the angel Gabriel speaks to Mary's fears, her insecurities, her young age, and says, don't be afraid because the Lord is with you. And I want you to know the Lord is with you. Some of the things that might cause fear, anxiety into your life, I want you to know that God will use it for good if we run in agreement with his word. In fact, Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 37 says, For no word from God will ever fail. I want to park my confidence there, that no word from God will ever fail. The words of man fail, my words fail, but the words of God will never fail. By the time we get to this next verse in verse 38 of the same chapter, We find here Mary in an amazing, amazing place. And she says here in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered, and may your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Wait a minute. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel leaves. Could it be that once we're in agreement with God, we don't need that visitation from an angel? Because we're now walking by faith. And we're running in the words of God. And we're not looking for visitations and all of those things. We are now in the center of God's will. 
What is the motivation behind all of this? We know, of course, it is the love of the Father. The Hebrew word for love means that God has bound himself to us. It means that his love has tied the Father to his own people, that he is tethered to us. And I find this staggering in more ways than one because I think, God, your family has not behaved well. We got it wrong on a million and one times. Your family has not always been in a good place. And yet the love of the Father has been tied and bound to us. How long-suffering is he to put up with us all the way from the Garden of Eden to the year 2022? You think about the long-suffering nature of God and how we've got things wrong all the way through on so many occasions and yet we find here that the love of God is so bound to us. His creation, his humanity, his family, his sons and his daughters, even when we were people that were so far away from him and we said, God, I want nothing to do with you. And what he does, he sends the Holy Spirit and a word and an angel And he selects and he chooses two women, one called Elizabeth, who will carry a son, as we know as John the Baptist, who would prepare the way for the child that Mary was carrying, and his name would be called Jesus. Only love could make that come about. The love of God tied to his people. You see, the motivation of the Father is always love. We needed a saviour. We were like sheep who had gone astray. We had eaten from the wrong tree. We've entertained things that we were never meant to see, never meant to experience, never meant to feel. We were never meant to know that we were naked and ashamed. We were never meant to know those things. And yet every day on our TV screens, it spews out evil and depravity and unwholesome things. And do you know, we were never meant to know those things. But we ate from the wrong tree. And two people that entertained the wrong voice, did God really say? The moment they played around with that, we were in trouble. They were in trouble, and the serpent made sure that he came to disrupt the plan of God. And yet the Father, Father's love, has been bound and tied to humanity all the way through, and he says, I will send John the Baptist to prepare the way for a son, a saviour, and a redeemer to make way for humanity to come back into relationship with me. That's how far love goes. This was a life-altering season for Mary, for Elizabeth, for Joseph, and for everyone else as well. And the moment they and we entertain the wrong voice, the wilderness follows. The separation comes. And God sends a remedy and an answer, a saviour and a redeemer. And it takes love for that to happen. 
But again, and here's the thing that I, I still am blown away by, it takes the participation of a man and a woman to line up with the plans of God to bring about his will upon the earth. He involves us with these plans. And these two women are pivotal for the plan and the will of God to bring about the very will of the Father so that humanity could come back to him. Mary says here, I am the Lord's servant. And she says, may your word to me be fulfilled. It's like at that moment, it doesn't matter what my story or what I thought my story was about to be. It's like at that moment, whatever rejection I'm about to go through, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people whisper about me in secret. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether they treat me well or they don't. It doesn't matter. It is of no consequence whatsoever to me. What matters is this. I know who I am. I am the Lord's servant. And it matters, it matters that may your word to me be fulfilled. And everything else pales into the background somewhere because that's what matters. I told you, I think the other day, that we went to this funeral, which, when was it? Not last week, the week before, of a lady who had, who had impacted many, many lives. She was elderly, 80-something or other. Impacted many lives, certainly impacted our lives in those very early years. And it was an interesting, nostalgic experience for me because we sat in the same room where our journey began in many ways because even though we'd been attending, you know, a, a couple of other churches, it was this church that was really the turning point in our Christianity. And as I sat in this room, which, you know, we had been sitting in in, in the 1980s and into the 1990s, and... Uh, Behind me, the wall behind, which is now all walled in, it used to be louvered windows. And we were in this church and, you know, the funeral service is happening here. And I, at one point during the service, I turned around to look at the wall behind me because, as I said, it used to be all glass windows, louvered windows. And I remember the day, I remember the day distinctly asking, can I volunteer in some way? Is there something I can do here? I'm happy to do absolutely any, anything at all. And somebody, I don't know who it was, but someone said to me, well, those, those louvered windows need a clean. And I'm not great at it. You come and check out the windows in my house, you'll know she's not good at doing windows. But I was so happy to have this job. I was so happy. And I used to drive at that point from Marsden to... Uh, Salisbury to clean louvered windows, and I, I tell you, I was happy. I think they even added to that cleaning of the toilets, which was awesome. You know, my world was expanding. It was brilliant. And uh, I, mean, I was sitting in this funeral in a nostalgic moment thinking how much simpler life seemed back then, how much less complicated it appeared or felt less responsibility. I just had to get kids organized and clean louvered windows. That was it. And in a way, in a moment, I sort of longed for those uncomplicated days. 
And even though the glass windows have gone, but the flashbacks came, I thought I was no less God's servant then than I am today. I was still serving. I was just cleaning glass. I'm still the Lord's servant and was no less back then than I am today. And the fact that Mary was chosen to do what she did, she came to this moment that the only thing that matters is the will of the Father. Whether that's cleaning a louvered glass window, whether that's doing something else, what matters is, and I tell you, at the end it matters, am I in the will of the Father? Mary treasured these words in her heart and I want to encourage us as we get ourselves ready for 2023, let's treasure, let's treasure the valuable things, the right things, the things that really count and matter, that need to grow within us, that need to expand and mature it. Let's treasure those things that God has put within us. And Mary got into that beautiful place of saying, may your word to me be fulfilled. And as we've mentioned, what was the motivation of the Father? It was love to restore you and I back into our rightful place. I'll close with this thought, but Mary, I'll have the team back, please. And you think about, we sometimes forget about Joseph in this story. Here's the guy about to marry this woman. And, you know, I'm having a baby. Let's not go down. I won't explain that. But, you know, just think about him in this great story. Think about the parents, the friends, the relatives that somehow got swept up and not being able to fully explain any of that. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. And as she enters the home of Zechariah, the baby within Elizabeth leaped at the sound of Mary's greeting. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I have on a few occasions where I've been in the company of somebody that carries something from the Holy Spirit and something within me leaps, awakens, comes alive. It's like something in me is happening right now. And as Mary enters Elizabeth's home, the baby within Elizabeth leaps. And my prayer for Highway Church and for all of those that are here today, those that are joining us online, those that will join us in the coming year, my prayer for each and every one of us is, may that which God has given to us leap, come alive. May that which God has imparted to us grow and increase and mature and find, find where it's meant to be. I pray that over us, that we too will grow with the promise. And may the promises of God and the promise of God become a reality. I've got a promise on the inside of me. And I don't know whether I won't let it go or it won't let me go. I don't know which way it is. All I know, we've got a hold of each other. And all I know is that my faith, my prayers, my expectation, my anticipation, God, that is so possible. It's so possible. It's so possible. I can feel it. I can see it. I can, 
I can see it not maybe with natural eyes, but the eyes of the Spirit. God enlightens the heart of our understanding. Do you know we are called to be men and women of faith? We are called to be men and women that will call into existence the promises of God. I don't want to join the ranks of those that were sent in to spy out the land and only two out of the group that went said, we can see this, we can engage in this, we can do this, we can obtain the promise and yet the others influenced a nation for the negative. Let's be men and women of God that say, I can feel the promise, I'm embracing the promise, I'm praying the promise, I'm giving Praise to God for that promise. It's growing, it's maturing, it's more mature than it was a month ago. It's more mature, it's ready. We are on the brink of that becoming a reality. And I know that works as a church and I know that works personally and individually for you. Whatever that means to you, let's do our walk running together in the promises of God. But I pray too in this coming year that what doesn't matter, let it belong in the camp of it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, the enemy tried to get them to agree with him and say, did God really say? Do you know that question is still being asked in the hearts and minds of believers right up to this present moment? Did God really say? And I've decided that what I don't understand, I don't need to understand. What God hasn't given me revelation on, it makes no difference. But God, I know what your word says and let your word be fulfilled to me, just as Mary had prayed or said. Let's be single-minded with God in the coming year. Let's divorce ourselves from multiple options and let's become people that are single-minded with God and then Elizabeth speaks these profound words in 145 of Luke blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her I think the promise is exciting I think the promise kind of gets us up in the morning and get going But I also think that the key part of this verse is, blessed is she who believed. Blessed is he who believed. Blessed is the church that believes. Blessed is the army of God that believes that we can take ground, we can make a difference, we can push back the plans of the enemy. Blessed are the ones who believed. And if we believe, I believe we're headed for the promise, to embrace the promise. If I could paraphrase, I would say in Anne's way of understanding is this, blessed are the ones who run in agreement with the words of God. And God, take us into the promise. Take us into the promise. You see, God bound himself to us. His love went all the way to the cross to allow his son to hang upon the cross so that humanity, creation, could be restored back into relationship with him. So there's just a few thoughts around love this morning. 
as we get ready for this Christmas season and our Christmas Day service next week. But I want you to know that God has counted you in, into his plan, his promise, his future. So let's not waste this time that we have and let's run in agreement with the words of God and step into our future in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I lift up your church this morning. I lift up, oh God, those that are joining us online. I pray for your people. I pray for the parents, oh God. I pray for the grandparents. I pray for every man, woman and child in our church today. But God, we step into this moment right now and I pray, ask you, Holy Spirit, would you awaken the promise that is within us? Would you awaken that which you've given to us? I pray that that which is birthed of the Holy Spirit would grow and expand and mature. And God, we too would stand in a place of now seeing that which you've given to us. I pray, Lord, that we would be a church that would continue to take ground, push back the work of the enemy. Believe, oh God, in our hearts that all things are possible with you, that you indeed are the God who can do the immeasurably more, more than we ask, think or imagine, according to your spirit that dwells within us. We thank you, Lord. I praise you and thank you. I pray that this season would be a season of tremendous breakthroughs, tremendous peace, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.